Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Logan on today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. So there's a new X-Men movie out. It's called Logan. It is the third solo Wolverine film after X-Men Origins Wolverine and The Wolverine. Both of those were met with middling to less than stellar uh, reviews and audience response and, and just... They didn't do too well, to put it nicely. But this time, taking uh, a page out of the Deadpool handbook, we've got an R rating, we've got a darker tone, and we've got a grizzled old Logan. Uh, Hugh Jackman reprising his role, Patrick Stewart reprising his role, pretty much all the timeline (laughs) canon uh, sequencing of events in these X-Men movies is completely shot to shit so I I can't help you there but I've seen all the movies and Apocalypse was awful but thankfully Logan's been getting some pretty good reviews and uh, I got a chance to see it last night and I was pretty impressed you know I think you know I think Logan is Hugh Jackman's best performance as the character in all of the movies. You know, I think the only the only I think the best moment that his character has ever had was in uh, First Class, uh, where I believe he tells um, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender to go fuck themselves. But as a full movie, I think this is the best performance Jackman's ever given in the character's skin. And the movie takes place in 2029, so 12 years from now. He has grown old, he is wearing down, he's dying, uh, just things are not looking good. You know, he's a, he's like an Uber driver, basically, with no money, who buys, uh, like, drugs from a hospital incognito uh, in order to uh, help... Uh, Professor Xavier, who's like completely off his rocker and in danger of like sending everyone in the vicinity into like mental paralysis Mm -hmm. at the drop of a hat, almost. So that's kind of where we start. And all of a sudden, he's he's pulled into this web, uh, this plot uh, involving the young girl that you see in the trailers, if you watch the trailers. And the idea here is that, you know, it's 2029, and something has happened in this world that that's basically... We're not really sure what it is. They don't really expand upon it too much in the movie. But effectively, there aren't any more mutants, you know. They're, they hunted down all the ones that used to exist... And none, no more are being born. No one's discovering their powers. There are no more mutants. No, nothing, none of them are being born. 
And the last ones are Logan, Professor X, and uh, Caliban, played by Stephen Merchant, who is this, like, albino tracker type of mutant. I don't know. He, like, smells things and can find mutants based on their smells. It seems It's really shitty. And he even says as much in the movie. Uh, <laughs> and they're pretty much the only ones left that the movie, you know, attempts to... Uh, justify so this little girl is brought into their lives you know she's had it she has this caretaker caretaker who's looking for logan trying to find logan wants logan to take her up north and to like get across the northern border to this place called eden you know typical road trip savior type of thing logan doesn't want any part of it because it's logan and then Sequence of events happens, and he agrees. And he... We find out that uh, this girl, played by Daphne Keene, is a mutant. And she's, in the movie, 11 years old. And, you know, Professor X has been, like, talking to her telepathically. But... Logan doesn't want to believe it, I don't think. You know, I think he's in denial at first. But ultimately, find you know comes to terms with she's a she's a mutant, and what does this mean? That's that's the movie. That's kind of the sh- the eggshell of the movie. That's what we we're breaking into, and it's tough. You know, it, it's an R-rated movie, and you know the best basis for comparison is Deadpool. Now, Deadpool. Uh, came out um, a little over a year ago, like a year and like two weeks, three weeks. It was a huge success, as I think Logan will be. It was infused with humor. It's a passion project that Ryan Reynolds has spent a long time trying to get off the ground uh, and, and did so once unsuccessfully. And the trailers were hilarious. They were The gr- trailers for Deadpool were great. And... It, it was just it, it was just a parody, a slap in the face to this almost decades long seek ta- uh, period of time of like superhero movies. Uh, now Logan, on the other hand, is far less comedic and much darker, much more dramatic a movie. There are I'd say that the films are about equal in terms of blood and gore and things like that, you know. Deadpool playing it for humorous effect, Logan playing it for uh, dramatic and and uh, dark effect. Uh, you know, both movie Logan also had a really great trailer. <laughs> Hurt by Johnny Cash is a great cover of a great song, and it really fits the mood of this movie really well. Uh, you've got Hugh Jackman who is the most recognizable X-Men, X-Man to ever grace the screen, is you know far and away the fu- most fun of any of the X-Men universe movies. Uh, and I think Logan is by far the darkest of any of the X-Men movies. And both of those simply come down to the fact that they're rated R. You know, like, there's no sex in this, in Logan at all. And it's just straight uh, 
violence and swearing. You know, I would feel perfectly comfortable taking a teenager to see this, uh, you know, or maybe a year or two younger than that. Just because, like, there's not a lot wrong here, you know. Blades going through skulls. We've we've seen it a hundred times, just not with the blood attached to it. What really sets this apart, in my opinion, from from all the previous X Men movies and from Wolverine and the Wolverine, is that. Logan and is just he's fucking old man like what what you know he he can't do half the shit he used to be able to do you know he he like single-handedly took on Jean Grey you know if he even attempted to do that he he'd be dead after he took one step it's it's that simple he does not have his the strength or the speed you know he can he can get it up when he needs to but for the most part, he, he's very much brittle and old. Uh, you know, he's got scars everywhere. The movie goes above and beyond to show us that in a time of crisis, he can rise to the occasion. And time and time again, we see uh, that when things are at their most dire, no matter how down and out Logan appears to be, he's got one more breath. He's got one more stab, one more lunge which uh, is kind of is kind of what you what you always expect from this character. You know, he's not the the typical superhero. He doesn't want to be a part of the fight if he doesn't have to be. And but when he is, he's in it. He he's there for the long haul. Is older than Hugh Jackman. And so th- there's much more immediacy there, you know, and he's like we're not sort you know, the movie kind of like plays fast and loose with if it's does he have dementia or Alzheimer's, just memory loss, who knows? But his his mind is starting to die. And Logan and Caliban are the only ones really able to keep him together, hold him up, make sure things are running smoothly and he doesn't kill a ton of people. And so you know, the movie the movie kind of extrapolates from there. Uh, you It ends up being more of a road trip type of movie. And you've got Boyd Holbrook playing the primary, uh, primary villain and an antagonist in the movie. With, uh, with uh, just, and like he's not, he's not a mutant. He's got like a metal hand. That's about it. He doesn't actually do much as far as action goes in the movie. You know, he he just kind of like stands back and points his finger and his goons go after Logan or whoever they're attacking. So as far as the villain goes, very underwhelming. Uh, You know, know, Boyd Holbrook, not a great villain. Richard E. Grant, not a great villain. Uh, I did like Stephen Merchant's character, you know, and I think he was used in just the right amount of time for the movie. He he had his he had his big moments moments of weakness, and uh, he was an interesting character. You know, like not all mutants have to have some incredible superpower. You know, all he was basically a bloodhound, a glorified bloodhound, and that's all you needed to be. 
But the star, the absolute star of this movie is Daphne Keene. She is incredible. Half of the time in the movie, she doesn't speak. Most of the movie, she does not speak. She doesn't say a thing. And she evokes a huge range of emotion. You can basically read her face like an open book, which is incredible. I don't know how old she is in real life. I know that her character is 11. She's probably at that age, give or take a year. And I, I just, I fell in love with her. I think she's phenomenal and truly, truly special. And uh, really, really hope that she finds more roles. I think she'd probably do really well in like the horror genre. But I'd also, you know, I'd be happy to see her reprise her role from this movie again. Uh, I would be more than willing to like watch another movie uh, with her. And uh, it's a good movie, guys. Like the action is very good. It's very solid. You know, the R rating allows it to be a lot bloodier than than we're used to in a comic book movie outside of Deadpool. The like the the production and setting and and like just set design is fantastic. Uh, it looks a lot of there looks to be like a lot of on location shooting, which is great. It looks incredibly authentic, uh, and uh, you know it, it does have its comedic beats. You know it's very light in some scenes. Uh, most of that is brought on by Daphne Keene's character and uh, a little bit of Boyd Holbrook. He also plays to a bit of comic relief as well. And there's... There, there's... There's just... It's just easy. Uh, you know, it, it just... What I mean by that, I guess I, guess I mean that... It's easy for the movie to kind of play out the way it does. You know, it doesn't... There's there's really only one narrative aspect that I kind of like went, well, why why are we doing this? Why did we take this direction? I don't understand. It doesn't seem to make coherent sense. It, it seems to be dragging back the, the momentum. And it does, you know, it, it definitely does until we realize, like, why it's... I mean, there are reasons for why what happens happens, but uh, I think they could have gotten to the same conclusion with a different path. I think they could have managed to do it better, and uh, that's ultimately like the biggest issue that I have with the movie is the writing's fine, but the plot is incredibly straightforward. Take X to point B done that's that's it that is the movie and while the journey there is is enjoyable it's not innovative you know it's not doing something interesting it's not it you know it's not not that it needs a gimmick or anything like that but you know it's not like the action scenes are you know groundbreaking or innovative it's not as though the story is told in an interesting way. It's not as though we're seeing powers that we've never seen before. You know, everything 
feels old and it feels lived in and it feels rustic and it feels like we've seen it before for the most part for the most part not 100% but you know for the most part and what saves this movie from being just a generic slasher type of movie is 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 honestly Daphne Keen I, I think she is her her performance and her fantastic chemistry with Hugh Jackman really elevates this movie to the three and a half stars or 75 out of 100 that I gave it and I, I'm very much uh, uh, impressed by her if I haven't made that clear uh, and I think that you know, it, it's it's on the on the back of, of her performance that carries the movie. Now, I uh, I want to try something a little different. So, normally I would probably go into a spoiler section for this movie. I don't want to do that. Uh, you know, I, not that there's not a lot to talk to talk about because there is. Uh, you know, definitely things that I've had to skirt around. To the up to up until this point, but I, I wanted to test the waters on on a different sort of thing and see how I feel about it. And uh, so this is going to be like sort of st- stat statisticsy a little bit. I'm not I'm not sure how I want it, what I want to refer to it as, but uh, I'm taking a suggestion from someone else and uh, thank you to that person, which is. I'm going to try and uh, sort of run a little comparison about Logan against other films that I also rated a 75. So currently, I have 59 films of the 4,389 films I've ever seen that are rated 75. Uh, so that is well, about what? Uh, 1.2% of all the movies I've ever seen have been rated 75. So slightly more than 1%. Uh, of those set 59 films, uh, Logan ranks as number nine. Uh, and so the reason that it's not first or last or whatever is because the secondary ranking system is based on Rotten Tomato score. And then the third ranking system is based on runtime and so you know the current rotten tomato score for logan is a 93 and uh you know it is right now tied for my rating with toy story of terror tied on rotten tomatoes with toy story of terror at 93 but toy story of terror beats it because it's a shorter film and the idea behind that is that a film that is shorter that I gave the same rating to was able to earn that rating faster, you know? So in theory, if Toy Story of Terror was 40 minutes, 50 minutes, 60 minutes, uh, it, it was trending upward. So it, it, was, it would pr- probably be a better rated movie if it were longer. Not, not not always, but but that's the general idea. So, so you know, you know, Toy Story of Terror came out in 2013, so four years ago. It's a short film. Uh, you know, uh, it's like a, 
Halloween special for the Toy Story universe. And it's interesting to compare this with Logan. You know, I I last saw Toy Story of Terror on, on actually on my birthday last year. Uh, so about f- four and a half months ago, give or take a couple days. And uh, it, let me see here, Toy Story of Terror. It, in it's really difficult to come to compare contrast movies this this far separated from 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 each other and so i mean the central plot for toy story of terror is uh you know the toys are with um the girl Oh, I can't remember her name. And they're at a hotel, and then bad things start to happen, and then there's this weird monster. Okay? And so they end up being kind of trapped and imprisoned in this glass case, and we find out that the owner of the hotel is, like, selling toys online. And he has trained his pet lizard to go through the vent system grab the toys of child residents in the hotel and then he sells them <laughs> which is kind of absurd I, I i mean i think that while simply while the notion of toys being alive and having their own world is inherently absurd this seems kind of crazy even in that world even in living in that universe uh and so I think likewise, there's sort of that same sort of ridiculous element to Logan. You know, I didn't really touch on it, but um, and this this happens fairly early in the movie. But it, I mean, I guess suppose it is a minor spoiler because it doesn't show up in the trailer for Logan. So you know, proceed with caution. But you find out fairly early on that uh, Laura, which is Daphne Keen's character, the little girl is a mutant because Richard E. Grant, who's this like doctor type, play is is experimenting and infusing young children with mutant strains of DNA. And you know, which is fucked up, right? Like it, it kind of, you know, in this 2029 world that Logan takes place in, the new reality that the world lives in is that like mutants aren't a thing anymore and if they if they're out there they're in hiding or they're a non-issue whereas this doctor guy who's in like mexico is like actively breeding and creating mutants to be like jason bournes essentially like that's the idea like they're mindless killing machines. That's his goal. And so it's it's like it's really fucked up. Like we've never like we've seen experimentation before in the X-Men universe, you know. Wolverine himself was experimented on with adamantium, but not to this extent. And it, it it's uh, and and Wolverine's experimentation is far less malicious, you know. Uh 
you know, Deadpool's is mostly accidental and not not necessarily intentional. So you end up with this sort of dichotomy between the the overall world who doesn't realize that mutants are even still a thing and this hidden doctor conspiracy or whatever where that he's using that to his advantage and act and like we've never seen humans like actively wanting to create more mutants for their own purposes uh previously you know we we've you know the whole idea of mutants and x-men before in the movies has been about well we're just like you you know our differences just manifests in a different way you know it's like black skin and white skin it's like woman and man it's like homosexual heterosexual transsexual demisexual pansexual you know and it's like um i can breathe fire and you run fast and you can teleport you know like those like you know while those are much higher stakes things than like skin color or genitals you know you still have this sense of like it's all a natural dilemma you know we we the 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 mutants aren't manufactured which they are in this movie like that's what's so strange and i i find that to be very at odds with the general mythos of x-men at least i you know i don't read the comics i don't know any if 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 this is far more prominent in the comics but i think that that's an interesting parallel in terms of like toy story and x-men both have a very well established universe you know and yet here they are in these movies that both sort of break the mold in that universe themselves you know because like yeah we've seen people who sell toys before but they're not stealing toys and like there's no pet lizards involved in toy story 2 you know with the collector guy and so you know it's just it's interesting and uh so don't to not get bogged down but with toy story of terror all this time uh, a couple of other films that are also rated 75 uh also that came out so that came out last year there's i am not your negro the documentary nominated for best documentary feature at the oscars there is um midnight special which came out last year 75 uh, another movie that revolves around a young child, uh, in this case a boy who also has special powers, who is also being hunted, who is also on the run with parental figures. Um, you know, trade out Michael Shannon for Hugh Jackman, and uh, you basically have the same movie, uh, it, it, even with a very, very similar ending. And that's kind of uh, creepy actually you you know also coming out last year there's indignation which 
I think, you know, it was a very it was very underseen last year. But it is by far and away much much you know is in a completely new direction, you know, from Toy Story, from Logan, from I'm not your negro from Midnight Special, you know, it's just kind of a sort of a, a college student story and it, it's a movie that you know has has you know compared to the others I, I think this is far and away the best dialogue of the movies that I've named so far you you have this fantastic one-on-one scene between Logan Lerman Logan Lerman and Tracy Letts and that you know there's no there's no scene like that in Logan uh, there's no like big monologue scene. Logan's not a monologuing kind of character. You know, he's more of a one-liner type of person, and you know, he he definitely doles those out throughout the movie. But but that's kind of uh, the extent of it. Um, they're uh, also getting a 75. A movie that I watched in January for a scavenger hunt is, uh, or no, not for a scavenger hunt, I don't think, no, it's, it's called Crybaby, which is, I believe, John Waters' musical starring Johnny Depp, uh, from 1990, which is, uh, a very odd movie, one that feels, uh, sort of complicated in a needless way, if I can describe it that way, it you know it's Johnny Depp kind of plays this like punk kid, uh, sort of with an emo goth look, but from the like eighties ish, uh, who kind of draws the attention of this more preppy, proper, prim woman that goes to school with him, and he slowly kind of courts her and and draws her into the lifestyle that he and his friends are part of and in typical john waters fashion the movie is like batshit and and trashy but in a good way and to compare that to logan you know logan is probably the trashiest version of x-men movie we've ever seen and it's able to do that because it's rated r you know, it, it, it's able to kind of just lean into the blood and guts and gore that none of the other movies have been able to do. You know, not even Deadpool. You know, Deadpool plays up its its blood for comedic effect. And Logan is far more serious. You know, actions have consequences. Uh, knives through a head are, are very serious and significant in, in Logan. Whereas bullets just kind of happen, I guess, in, in Deadpool. Uh, what else do we have here? We've got um, the 1973 animated classic Robin Hood. That's right, Robin Hood. A, uh, I, I very much enjoy it. I, I think it's a very, very fun movie. And uh, one of my favorite tellings uh, and and portrayals of the character Robin Hood as a fox. And, you know, you've got 
this lead character who is railing against uh, an authority figure, as Logan so often does. And you, you, you know, he's here to steal away the power and wealth of the king. And Logan is on the run with quote-unquote property that belongs to Richard E. Grant and refusing to give it back and at odds with them. And so, you know, they both kind of share this sort of commonality for for theme, (laughs) which, you know, is very interesting considering Robin Hood is like a G-rated animated movie for kids and Logan is an R-rated grizzled superhero movie for like young adults teen well what's young adults are like teenagers right so uh like 20 somethings you know people who started watching x-men when they were 11 or 10 uh, you know 15 years ago or you can look at uh forrest gump i rate forrest gump at 75 i think it is pretty good but not great you know, you've got a solid central performance from Tom Hanks, but I find that the movie's a bit trite, and I think that it meanders a lot and doesn't really know what it's doing or where it's going sometimes, and you can't just build a movie around a character like Forrest Gump and expect it to be entirely cohesive. You know, he's not a very... He's not a character that, like, you know, walks in a straight line, so to speak. And again, neither is Logan. You know, while he will accomplish something when he sets his mind to it, he isn't really a straight line between point A and point B kind of person. And, you know, if you, when you, if slash when you see the movie or saw the movie, you notice that that's kind of how he operates you know he resists taking on this new task of transporting this girl he finally does do it and while he constantly is telling us the audience let's just get this over with time and time and time again he's finding excuses to not do it he is allowing himself to be derailed and uh, distracted from the main objective And so it kind of lends itself into the same idea. Uh, You know, why why exactly do... I I don't know. Like, it's interesting. I don't know where that train of thought was going. But, you know, obviously I still haven't mentioned, like, over half of the movies that I've rated 75. But, you know, already there's, like, a pattern forming. And I don't think... And, you know, at 75, you know, that's like, you know, a three, three quarters of a great, of the best movie ever, in a sense. Or you can think of it like, I mean, anything movie in the 70 range for me is really good. It's just shy of great. Like, the difference between 79 and 80 is really good and great. And I don't think any of these movies are great movies. But I think that they're very good. I think that they have a lot to offer, and I, I think that they're very exciting, and I, I, I enjoy watching them quite a bit. 
uh, movies, you know, I'm just to name off another couple few Eyes Wide Shut, Penguins of Madagascar, The Loneliest Planet, The Last Samurai, Chocolate, Gary, Find Me Guilty from last month's scavenger hunt, Old School, um, Play Misty for Me. Donnie Darko, Trainwreck, Foxcatcher, Under the Skin, To Die For, Chicago, Faults, Starter for Ten, Beasts of No Nation, Pride, My Fair Lady, uh, Bull Durham, Jules and Jim, Swing Time, uh, Obscene, Pride, The Iran Job, Terms and Conditions May Apply, uh, the Fisher King, The Santa Claus, Gattaca, The Born Supremacy, Don John, Cyrus, Marvin's Room, The East, The Untouchables, uh, you know, all these movies. They're all rated 75. They're all very good. None of them are great, uh, in my personal opinion. And uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoy Logan. I, I wanted it to be better, you know, the, the movie borrows a lot from the old film uh, Shane, which is uh, a movie that I thought was good, uh, you know, I gave Shane a 65, and I like Shane, but I do, I did find it to be kind of underwhelming, so to speak, you know, I, I watched it last September for the first time, you know, it's a western, Logan borrows very heavily from it, uh, and could even possibly probably be considered a western itself. You know, most of the movie takes place in like dirty landscape, you know, dirt roads, dirt this, cornfields, whatnot. But uh, you know, it, it's it's still it's its own movie, and as many similarities as it may share with an Indignation, with a Born Supremacy, with a Robin Hood. Um, it's still, you know, you can draw as many threads as you want, but at the end of the day, it's painting its own picture, you know, and and I don't think, I think that the most similar film to it is Shane, you know, you've even seen clips from Shane in Logan, and, you know, Shane is a good movie, and it's a highly rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it currently is at a 97%, which is not too far from the 93% that Logan has. But it's, I think Logan's far more visceral and evocative a movie than Shane is. You know, Shane may have been pretty impressive 50 years ago, 60 years ago, but I think. You know, you put them that movie side by side with Logan, and I don't think it's that much of a contest as to which one is the better film. And I just one more time to sound like a broken record. I really want to point out uh, Daphne Keene is her performance. I think. It is the reason to see this movie, hands down, and I think that just like seeing her act is is worth the price of admission. She's 
fantastic. Um, so I'm going to, you know, I listen to all my own episodes. I, I like to kind of know what it sounds like. And sometimes like I'll even catch things that were supposed to have been edited out or transitions that didn't make it into the final cut that I'll ha- go then go back and edit. And so, you know, I'm going to listen to this at some point, see what I think about this kind of thing and uh, go from there. So uh, yeah, that's been my review of Logan with a little bit of uh, added on comparisons to go with it. And I hope that if you haven't seen the movie, you are either now interested in seeing the movie or maybe you feel like now you don't need to, even though you didn't listen to any spoilers so much. Uh, but 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 it's really good. I, I really enjoyed it. It would it's currently, I believe my number three, four, number four movie of the year so far. Uh, behind John Wick Chapter 2, Get Out, and the Lego Batman movie. I, um, I was impressed. I was very impressed. I, I'm a little concerned that three of the top four movies from this year so far are already, like, sequels in some sense, or, or lateral movements. But, uh, I guess I'm not super upset since they're all good movies, so... Take that for what you will. Thank you very much for listening. As a small update, I have public have made public the current nominations that I have for best for the 2017 Circle of Film Awards. It's only March, and I've already sort of there's enough data on there right, that I feel comfortable releasing it to the public. Um, the names are not in any order. So, and it'll be updated with each new 2017 release that I see. And I will be able to kind of just uh, stay on top of it from the get-go this year. You know, I'm sure there may have been one or two things that kind of flew under the radar for me last year that by the end of the year I'd forgotten about. And while that kind of plays into the idea that they weren't as good as maybe they... I remembered them being, I still think that uh, this will be a more accurate, a more just way of, of approaching this. So that's now available on the website. You can find that and a lot of other information at circleoffilm.com. Thank you for listening again. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or answers, you can send those to circleoffilm at gmail.com. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. Come on, baby, when we paint the town. And all that jazz. So long, farewell, I'll be the same as you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.